Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the Norpen Podcast, and thank you for joining us today. I have a great show today. I actually have Jason Ho, who is with DoorGrow. He's the CEO of DoorGrow, and his personal mission is to inspire others to love true principles, which means he's passionate about learning what works in business and life and sharing what he learns. Jason devotes much of his time to finding unique ways to help property management business owners to grow their companies. He believes that good property management can change the world, by impacting thousands of families and lives. Jason leads a contribution-focused community called the Pound, or Hashtag, sorry, showing my, my age here with the Pound, the Hashtag Door Grow Club, which is a Facebook group. He also has the Door Grow Show. I'm really excited about the conversation with, with Jason, and uh, we'll get to that here real quick. But first, we're going to do our hot topic, the hot topic today. So I just read a recent article in Forbes magazine, and basically what it's saying is that the mortgage demands have dropped to a 27-year low, which is kind of crazy, but, you know, because, you know, like, obviously we know the interest rates have gone up, but they're not to the point where it's, like, absurd. Like, I remember back in the, you know, in the 80s, and I don't remember this, I wasn't buying houses in the 80s, I know you all think I'm an old fart, but I'm not that old. But, you know, they were double-digit interest rates. And I was buying properties in the early 2000s, and I think my interest rates were about 7.5-8% by buying, you know, for investment, and they were probably around 6 I guess, when, when you're buying uh, personal. But we have been so accustomed now to these interest rates being so, so low that now that they're, you know, a little bit higher than we'd like or, or a little higher than the norm, and, and everybody is, is going bonkers that they're not going to not going to buy which of course also means that people aren't going to sell their home because they don't want to buy a home and and because of the interest rates but really interesting is uh this article goes on and talks about that fewer people are buying homes right obviously because the you know the mortgage demands have dropped cost of the increase in mortgage rates which makes sense but also because fewer people are qualifying what's happening right now is really interesting although rates are going up typically what we've seen in the past is when rates go up, what happens, right? The house comes down in, in price. But that's not really happening right now in much of the U.S. So what's happening now is interest rates are going up and the pricing is staying the same and so people can't qualify. So what the, what the article says is that, you know, less people are buying properties, but not enough to widen the gap between supply and demand. But building activity is starting to slow down dramatically, and so uh, there's not a lot of building going on, and that really is going to push the supply and demand, which means that there's going to be a great demand for more rental housing. And so I thought this was interesting 
because what I'm seeing in, in some of our property management Facebook groups, the NARPM discussion group and so forth, is that people are having, the us people, the property managers, are having a harder time leasing properties than we've had in the past, which does not really jive with this article. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what, what this looks like six months from now when, when builders start rebuilding, what happens is they start building too late, right? They're building, they're building to catch up because the supply and demand has gone, has gone awry. And so if you are having challenges leasing your properties, let me know. Put some stuff in the comments. Uh, let us know. I thought that would be really interesting because this article is saying that we should be able to lease properties rather quickly. All right, we'll be right back with Jason Hull. We'll have these commercials. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end -end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. Welcome back, everybody. And as promised, I have Jason Hull, CEO of DoorGrow. So, Jason, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you. Yeah, Pete, thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate that. You are the man, brother. All right, so you are the CEO of DoorGrow, which, based on its name, helps property management firms grow their business. Typically, when someone asks, how do I grow, most people point to online advertising and SEO. Now, you believe a focus on SEO and advertising could actually hurt your business growth and the entire industry's ability to grow. Tell us why. Yeah, so this is something I'm pretty passionate about. You know, I just, I talk to property managers all the time. I've talked to thousands, thousands of property managers. And one of the worst mistakes they can do early in their business starting out is to try to play the game of internet marketing, which is a difficult game to jump into. I usually use the analogy of comparing it to David versus Goliath. And the story of David versus Goliath, David was offered the tools that Goliath had. He's like, here's a sword, here's armor. You can do things Goliath's way. But he would have gotten his butt kicked in this scenario if he had done it the same way. And that's what little companies try to do to go compete with the big companies that are spending thousands of dollars a month on all of this stuff. They're going to lose in general, trying to compete with a company that has a budget of five grand a month to dedicate towards SEO and APM leads and pay-per-click and all this online advertising. Here's the dirty secret marketers don't want to tell you uh, related to all this internet marketing. Because if you ask, why should I do any of this stuff? Usually the answer is, well, to get to the top spot on Google or to get SEO. That's why we do social media marketing. That's why they say to do 
you know, content videos, marketing, right? videos on YouTube, videos, uncomfortable videos, all this stuff. They say, well, it helps SEO. And the better, the bigger question to ask is, is having the top spot on Google going to solve all of your problems? And the answer is probably not. There are companies that have the top spot on Google right now that have been losing more doors than they're adding on. Is it good to be king? Yes, but it's really difficult to dethrone somebody that's been there for like two decades or a decade and they're at the top spot on Google. So the thing to realize is this, and marketers don't want to tell you this, is that the coldest, worst leads are the ones that are searching on the internet. They're the ones at the very end of the sales cycle. They're basically the leftover scraps that fell off the good word of mouth table. This is what's left over searching online. Everybody knows word of mouth is great, right? The close rate's super high. They're warm leads. You can close them very easily. But then they get into cold lead marketing and they assume, well, it, they're, all leads are the same. And it's not true. Cold leads are not the same as warm leads. Cold leads do not know you, trust you, or like you yet. And so you then have to play this game. But at the end of the sales cycle, after they're already shopping and looking around online, you now are just a commodity to them. So at that point, once you're a commodity, they're just looking for the lowest price. So now you're, you, you're dealing with all the cheapos. And so psychologically, there's three types of buyers. I call them premiums, normals, and cheapos. Normals are like 60%, the majority. And what's left over at the end of the sales cycle that are searching on Google are usually the cheapos. And so if you build an entire portfolio of cheap owners where they're hyper price sensitive and they view you as a commodity, that's a grind as a property management business owner because they're the worst. They want to micromanage you. They don't trust you as much. They're like trying to control everything that you're doing. And you're, and you're always feeling like there's this pressure towards the bottom. And I think most property management businesses are not good and not healthy. Like most of you listening to this go, well, I'm good, but everybody else in my market sucks. And that's why I started my company, right? <laughs> And I hear that all the time, like, no, we're good, but everybody else sucks in my market. And that's why we started our company because I was an investor and everybody else sucked in my market and I can trust them to manage my investments, right? Most property management business owners have sucky businesses. And I believe the, one of the number one reasons why is because they're spending all their money trying to do what every marketer is telling them to do to grow their business. They're not getting a really good ROI on this. So they're just burning cash. And when you're cash poor in a business, what's the first thing to go? Marketing. Well, if you're already spending the money on marketing and it's not working, the first thing to go is customer service. Customer ah. service starts to slip, right? Because okay. then you don't have the resources to like get a good team and you can't stop the marketing you think because that's the only way we're getting business. So then it ends up in this like this downhill loop that the property management business owners end up in bringing where doors in the cycle of suck bringing them in and they're turning clients and they're trying to spend money like this is a big secret it's more significant and important to decrease churn in a property management business than it is to do marketing to get new clients you cannot outpace churn with amazing marketing if churn is high right? It's like, that is such a grind and it's super expensive. I'll say this another way. It's a lot easier to keep a customer for another year than to go get another customer that's only going to stay for a year, right? Yeah. There's a 10 times difference between an accidental investor of one year and somebody that's buy and hold for 10 years, right? 
And so a lot of times we're just picking the wrong types of clients and then we're doing advertising and internet marketing that attracts the wrong type of clients. And then we wonder why this business is such a grind and it can be really good and it can be really profitable. So the other thing I'll point this out too, related to SEO. If you want to see this for yourself, go to trends.google.com. This is where you can see search volume and related stuff for keywords, put in property management, change the date, backdate the date to 2004 when they first started tracking data to the present and look at over a decade of data sitting there in front of you. And what you'll notice is search volume has not increased in a decade for property management, but you want to know what's increased Pete over the last decade? What, what Jason? Competition. <laughs> Yeah. related to search volume, like dramatically, right? Yeah. Everybody's trying to spend money to do all this stuff to try and grow. So the competition's gotten fierce, but the search volume stayed the same. And you can compare it to any other keyword on Google Trends. You can put in like real estate or loans or credit or anything else, right? And you'll see that property management is so minuscule. It looks like a little line at the bottom when you add any other search term to compare it with. There's very few people searching online and they're the worst usually. And so if you can capture, the secret is if you can capture people earlier in the sales cycle, that are not even yet looking on the internet, there's 70% that are self-managing in single family residential, for example. There's no scarcity out there. There's tons of business. They're just not looking online. And so this is one of the things we help at DoorGrows. We help you figure out what's a much more effective strategy to grow your business and create new market share instead of fight over the, the crappy scraps. That is well said, buddy. And I'm going to ask you later on what some other things we can do. But right now, okay. I want to talk about something else that, that I've heard you say. So yeah. Nar NARPM, you know, it's a NARPM radio show, and, it's, and NARPM is a big advocate of collaboration over competition. And this is something that. that you are also passionate about because I've heard you talk about why collaboration over competition is important. So expand on that because even at NARPM, like we like to, we like to collaborate, but then we like to hold some cards close to the vest for sure. And in other industries, they don't totally. collaborate at all. So talk <laughs> a little bit about that. Well, this leads right into what we were just talking about, because when you're in a place of scarcity and there's a lot of scarcity, if you're playing the internet marketing game, you feel it. You feel the, the, the pressure and the race to the bottom in terms of pricing because of all the cheapos. You feel the pressure because your competition are all over and they're ever present on the internet and you're trying to compete, right? And everybody that talks to you by that point has already talked to probably other companies too. So you're just, it seems like there's scarcity, but there really isn't. There's tons of business. There's tons of business. There's very few industries that have the opportunity where there's only 30% market share. And there's like 70% are just trying to do it themselves. Like you contrast this with Australia, about 80% of single family residential rental properties are professionally managed. Yep. That's more than double the percentage here, right? It's more than double. So imagine if everybody could just double the amount of doors because we focus on collaboration. Like there's so much business out there. There aren't enough property managers to handle that level of growth that could happen. That's my belief because there aren't that many good ones. There aren't a ton of good property managers because, and I don't believe, and I want to make this clear. Like nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I want to have a crappy company today. I want to be a crappy business owner. I don't want to have a crappy company, but business is hard. Business can be really hard. And when we don't have the especially right, especially this system, business, especially this one, especially this business, if we don't have the right system, then we're going to have to make a ton of mistakes to eventually build a system that works. 
And property management can be death by a thousand cuts. You have 500 doors and two problems per door. That's a thousand cuts, right? It can, like, this can be a very systemizable, healthy MRR type of business where you have monthly residual, you know, revenue, or it can be death by a thousand cuts, like every month. I mean, I've had clients come to me that have 500 units and have zero profit in their business. The average profit margin in this industry is super low. It's super low. Yeah. Yet there's these outliers, like some of our clients that have 40% profit margin or greater. And it's absolutely possible. Anybody can do this if they have the right system. And so collaboration over competition, competition is created by scarcity, by this false scarcity that people see or perceive exists. And what I find is with our clients, when we get them to a place where they are getting adding doors easily and lots of doors, that scarcity mentality goes away. They no longer are even afraid of sharing stuff with their competitors because they don't really view it as competition. In fact, we actually go beyond just stating on the surface collaboration over competition. We actually get our clients reaching out to neighboring property management companies in their market and outside their market using a strategy called the neighbor strategy. And this helps them add more doors. We have clients in our program that are in the same city and same market, and they're helping each other get more business. And I really believe, you know, this idea that a rising tide raises all ships. That's somewhat true. But when the industry is on basically low tide bedrock, you're sitting on gravel or on the sand because the tide is so low, a rising tide will sink some ships. The tide's low in this industry. And I believe a rising tide will raise all the ships that are seaworthy and a lot will be out. And I think we need that. We need to level up this industry. Some ships need to sink. They need to sell out their businesses to somebody else. And maybe some of my clients, they need to sell their business or get some help. And, and I really believe if you focus on just raising the level of property management in your market, some of your competitors are going to get eaten up or failed. They'll probably sell to you or everybody has more market share available because the number one challenge in the industry right now is not your local competitors. That's not your biggest competition is other property management companies. The two biggest competitors you have right now are awareness. There's a lack of awareness. A lot of people don't even know that property management exists or are not aware of it. And if they are aware, the second biggest competitor that you really have is perception. The property management industry, because of all the suck that exists in it, has a negative perception among those that are aware of it. If you can overcome those two hurdles, then it's you funny. are going to have no problem with growth. You mentioned it earlier, right? You said most of us joined the business because we were investors. We had our own properties and it's exactly how I got into business, right? I own a bunch of properties and I got into business yeah. and I, I tell this story every day. I yeah. tell this, but I tell this funny story. It's like when I, when I, I had 31 properties and I didn't know how to manage them and I was, I was getting my butt kicked. And finally I decided I was going to create a management company one, because when I did Google back in 2011, there were no property management firms like that I could find. And then two, I'm like, well, it doesn't exist. Like no one is going to be crazy enough to build a, a management company for single residents, single family residents, right? Only, only people with multifamily are going to create management firms. So I thought, Jason, I thought I created the industry. 
Right. I thought I, I'm like, wow, single family private management. I created an industry. Like and then I find NARP. I'm like a year later. I'm like, oh, there's thousands, not even hundreds, thousands of people that do what I'm doing and way better yeah. than way, the way I do it. So, but you're right. Like I didn't know about it. Right. And perception was that no one's going to manage my property as good as me. And I had no idea that that existed. So uh, sometimes I call NARPM the best kept secret out there, which is not a good thing. That's the best kept secret. But, but uh, yeah, so I, I'm right with you, man. So the, uh, I, I thought think, that was interesting. I think the challenge is that in the early stage of an entrepreneur's journey, we always isolate. This is everybody's story. Usually in the beginning, we think it's all up to us. It's all on our shoulders and there's nobody there's else. Nobody like else I can help. Yeah. Because you know, we're weird. If you compare us to the majority of the people on the planet, we're the weirdos that somehow wake up in the morning and we think, you know, I would rather have freedom and fulfillment than safety and certainty. And that's not most people. Most people on the planet would rather have safety and certainty. That's a higher priority to them than having freedom and fulfillment in their day to day. And when people that want freedom and fulfillment, they also want contribution. They want to make a difference. But most people on the planet would rather have safety and certainty first and then benefit other people, right? Which, which to me is- We're weird. We're yeah. so different. And because we're so weird and so different, life's really hard for us when we're young. We don't fit in. We're like, we're these weird rebels in school that like question everything and like get put down because we're not following the status quo. We look at the world and we walk into places where like this, we could solve problems. This could be better. <laughs> That's yeah. what a business is, is to solve a real problem. Yeah. How many and times do you walk into a business and you're like, oh man, well, they could do this and this. And if they did yeah. this and I can help this and how come they're not marketing this, right? You, you, you talk about that. You know, when I, I was an employee for 20 years before I became a, a business owner and you talk about that safety and security, every company I worked for in those 20 years, about four or five different companies no longer exist today. And so talk about that safety and security, right? Like uh, when I was an employee in my last company, I actually never felt safe and secure. And that's why I started my own company. And I'm like, that's, yeah. that's going to be, you know, that's going to make it more, I, I'm going to be more safe. I'm going to have more control, right? I'm, I'm going to bet on myself versus betting on some CEO, some company that I work for that I never meet except for the company meetings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's part of the entrepreneurial journey is we start out isolating. We think nobody else is like me because we get so much friction from the world. The world's always telling us like, slow down, or why don't you just get a job or, you know, or whatever. And we were kind of these heretics. And so we kind of learn to keep things close to the vest. We learn to keep things to ourselves. We learn not to, because we just get friction. We just get friction, a lot of friction. And so eventually we start to realize we don't know everything. There's a group of other people that could support us and being in groups like a mastermind or joining NARPM or being connected to other people is the only way to go fast. It's the only way to move forward mm -hmm. quickly. And we realized that, you know, there's a lot of other good ideas out there and that, you know, that's a bit humbling, I think as entrepreneurs, but it's also super validating for us because then we start to go, okay, I'm not the only guy on this planet that's weird like this. Or I'm not the only gal that's trying to grow well, this property. Or I'm not business. the only guy who has this challenge. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, go to, go to, to a door grow mastermind mm -hmm. or go to NARPM and have the five things, maybe the five challenges you're facing with. And you go talk to people. And, and I guarantee you, most people you talk to have had those issues 
or those challenges and have already solved them in some capacity. You know, this is why I mapped out this whole door grow code, this roadmap that we have from zero to a thousand doors, because at every stage I started to see patterns after talking to thousands of property managers, I started to see these patterns and it was always the similar door counts, similar challenges, similar problems, similar dysfunctional beliefs, similar ideas. Right. And I was like, I, it was like different people, different faces, but the same person over and same over story. and over again. So same story. I started to see these patterns. And so then I mapped it all out in a single page document. Anybody's welcome to go get it from us. Just reach out and DM me the word code on social or something, but we'll give you the door grow code. But this is how we're helping clients know what to focus on. Cause the other challenges, you know, we focus on the wrong things at maybe the right things, but at the wrong time. Like a lot of people, how, here's the two things I hear every property manager say they need. If they're below maybe 200 doors and they're dealing with the typical challenges there, they always say, I need more leads. I just need more leads, which I'm going to tell everybody is a lie. It's not actually usually true when we dig into things. Usually you need to stop all the leaks that are preventing the leads that are available to you from coming through perhaps. And then, or you're focused on cold leads. So that you're, you're mistakenly thinking they're all the same, but leads is kind of the dysfunctional belief. I just need more leads. So if you're listening to this, you're like, I just need more leads. Well, Jason, I really do just need more leads. I'm so amazing at sales and everything else would be great if I just had more leads. Cool. Maybe we should talk and I might blow your mind. All right. This, the second thing, like once they're a little larger, maybe two to 400 doors or bigger, usually the challenge there is they think I just need more processes. That's all say, I need. I just need more processes. Processes break around 300 doors is what I found. Yeah. I just need more processes. That's all I need. And that's also a misnomer because usually at that stage, sorry to tell you this, what I find is everybody thinks they need more processes and what they actually need is a better team. What they actually need are better people. Yeah, and they I actually needed that need too. better culture. <laughs> I needed that too. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, I've seen this over and over and over again. And, you know, having the right system for creating the right culture and the right hiring and the right team will change everybody's life at that stage. If, and so usually you just need a better team. And my way, people are always like, no, my team's great. I hear this all the time. Here's how I destroy that. If you still have an entire team, if you have an entire team, you're two to 400 doors or bigger, and you have an entire team and your day-to-day -day is still not fun and you're still wearing hats you don't enjoy wearing and you're asking yourself the question, why won't my team think for themselves? You, by default, that proves you have the wrong team. You're still, you're, you can do whatever you want in the business and you're still wearing all the hats that you don't enjoy. And then you built a team. That's the puzzle piece you created of yourself. And then you built an entire puzzle piece of people around you. You by default have the wrong team. And so the, usually we have to get clarity right, so on you what, and then build the right team. What's the next thing to break after you get to about 800 doors or six to 800 doors? <clears throat> so nobody breaks 600 doors without good culture. That's what I find. Like you have to have a really good team and really good culture. And usually the people that do it, they break the 600 door barrier. They do it by Russian roulette. Like it's just, they've been doing this for a decade or two. And just over time, they've eventually finally gotten a good team. If they lost that team, they have almost no clue how to replace everybody perfectly. It would be like a catastrophe, right? But they've done it through Russian roulette. They finally got a good team, but they don't have a good system for creating a good team. Six to 800 doors, usually at this stage, they start to try and focus on, and people do this prematurely uh, sometimes, but they try and focus on profit. I just need more KPIs. I need more metrics. 
which again means you just need a better team. A lot of times you don't really have to micromanage amazing people. Yeah. I'll, with KPIs I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a quick story. So it was around probably a little over 600 doors at the time. And my director of operations emails me, says, Hey, I'm, I'm giving my notice. Right. And I'm like, Oh my oh, God. Man. I'm like, Oh mm. my God. You know, like this is the worst yeah. thing ever, you know? And she always walked around. She was always stressed out and everything. So she leaves <laughs> yeah. and um, her email gets forwarded to me. Her phone gets forwarded to me. Like now I'm the director of operations. Right. Yeah. And I promise you, man, I didn't receive any emails or any phone calls. Matter of fact, when she left, my real estate team was happy she left. My property manager was happy she left and my sales team was happy she left. I didn't oh, wow. realize yeah. how much stress and, and, uh, and chaos that she was creating inside the industry, inside our, our business. And when yeah. she left, I ended up hiring somebody who's much better. <laughs> the moral of the story is no matter how good you think somebody is, if they, if they leave, typically you place them with somebody better typically because you've learned a little bit more from that experience and you're able yeah. to hire somebody with a, with a little bit of higher quality or train them a little bit more what, what you want. But, but yeah, I was, man. Yeah. I, that person that everybody's terrified leaves your company that you're afraid of. That's sometimes the very best thing that could ever happen to you because the reason at the time you so think it's the worst is because you don't have their processes documented. You don't know where they spend their time or what they do. You don't have clarity. So you think they're so important and they've built up really good job security because of this. Yep. And so, and that means they often get to write their own ticket. They're like, Oh, I just pay me this. Right. Yep. We create so much more safety and security for ourselves as an entrepreneur when we have things documented and we have them document their processes. And that's the number one thing an operator should do. But I will say that the operator is the most important hire anyone will ever have in their business. They run the business. Yep. You, they take your vision and they make it all work, right? Yep. But you yeah. need to they're make sure that you people, have the right KPIs and you have to make sure like, yeah, you have to manage them. Right. You can't abdicate. You still have to delegate. You still have to manage. You still have to train. You still have to do all that stuff. All right. We got on lots of tangents here, but I want to go back because we talked a lot about the internet marketing, SEO, and how that could be a big mistake early on. So if you, Jason Hull, had limited resources, owned a PM firm, what would be the first thing you would do to grow your business? Mm, okay. Well, I definitely wouldn't do marketing or advertising first. That would not be my first step. I mean, really, this is sounds like a shameless plug, but we created a program for startups. We call Door Grow Foundations, and we have Door Grow like startup secrets, and we just we almost give the give it away currently. I don't know if we'll keep doing that, but it's like such a low price; it's ridiculous. I think it's like ninety five bucks or something. And we were going to charge a bunch more, but we created this because really, we just want to help people get started the right way because people are going to start; they're going to do it anyway but they're going to do it poorly and they're going to make a ton of costly mistakes. We just, one of my, um, one of my coaches, uh, Morgan just talked to a potential client and they had just spent 30 grand on their logo and their website with a branding agency. That's how they started. Wow. They could have bought a franchise for maybe that amount. Maybe, I don't know, but then maybe that would have been a better decision, but I'm not a big fan of franchises either. Cause I feel like they also don't give people the right tools. They tell people to do SEO. They tell people to do marketing. And I've had several franchisees in our program that came to us because they were struggling to add doors and grow, and they were required to pay a certain amount of money towards marketing to the corporate. 
So would you start? So what off, I would do first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was, I was, I was going to ask, what would you start first with? Yeah. So what I would start with first is I would start by first making a list of all of my resources. Like who do I know currently? What do I know investors? And I then look at the industry. I do some Google searches to find out what resources are available in my market. Are there real estate investor groups? Are there meetup.com groups? Are there, what exists to facilitate my target audience or serve my target audience? I would get super clear on my target audience. Who do I really want? And then I would figure out where do they hang out? And then I would just go get them. Like I would go talk to them. So I'll share a quick growth strategy. My number one strategy I like to share with startups is, and this is what I would do is product research interviews. So basically I go hang out at these groups and meet some investors. And I would ask people, Hey, are, you're an investor. Do you have rental properties? And they say, yeah, cool. How many units do you have? And if they say four or more, they're my best buddy. Right? So what I'm going to do then is I'm going to say, Oh my gosh, I'm working on starting a property management business. And I think it's going to be amazing, but there's a lot of things I don't know yet. I have questions. I would love to set up a time to chat with you and interview you and get some feedback on my idea. Could, would you be willing to do that? And most people want to give advice. They want to help you out, right? Yep. And so I would do 20 or 30 product research interviews and I would interview these people. So we give our clients the script. We give them the how to do this four-phase process of doing that, that interview that's really effective. But the basic idea is you interview these people and, it, and during the interview, you get to pitch. Here's what I was thinking of doing, Fred. Like, what do you think, Fred? And you explain your business model and your pricing and all this. But before that, you identified all of their pain points. Why have you never worked with a property manager before? What, what concerns do you have? Oh, okay. So you, you're getting all, what are your biggest challenges with your rental properties now? What are you doing currently to manage your properties? Oh, do you enjoy that stuff? Oh, you don't love like doing leasing and maintenance coordination. That's not fun for you. You don't like late night phone calls from tenants. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. So I would take note of all this and this gives you a wealth of data, a wealth of knowledge and language. So you can communicate with your target audience. This is the beginning of knowing how to be a marketer. You need to know your target audience. You need to know their pain and you need to know how they say it and write down how they say it. And you need to communicate in their way. This is what I do to get clients. I know so well, just based on the door count of a company, I can speak what's going on in their head secretly. And they're like, holy shit, this guy knows my, my problems. And they feel naked. And they feel seen, right? You, this is how you get that knowledge to know. And if you've been doing this a while and talked to hundreds of investors over the years, you've, you've developed this. But in the beginning... This is where startups need to, de to develop. And then at the end, after you go through and explain your pitch and what you do, then you can do the ask. And that's phase four. But you're going to ask, hey, you know, Fred, thanks for giving me all this feedback and listening to my ideas. I'm going to be working on this over the next week or two, getting this really well dialed in. And I really appreciate this. Once I have that done, would it be cool if we got together again and I show you my, my idea and tell you more about it and see if maybe I could get you to let me manage your properties. Let's say just half of them say yes, right? Let's say half of the people you reach out to say, sure, I'll do a call with you. And then half of them, they have four units or more. And half of them say, okay, I'll let you shoot your shot and do another call. And then half of those, and they have four units or more, say they're willing to work with you. Cause you do, then you get to pitch all over again, sell to them a second time. It's more solid. You know how to target them. You know their pain and you they let you pitch them again. And let's say only half of them say yes. 
you're going to get on average, if you're interviewing people with four units or more, you're going to get about a unit per interview that you do on average, right? Maybe more because they might have 10 units. They might have 20 units. Right. And so this is one of the easiest ways initially to get a wealth of knowledge it doesn't cost and much to get money. your first initial clients. Yeah. And it's this not costing a lot of, of our money. strategies. Yeah. It's not costing a lot of money, right? It's just, it might be, it, it costs zero dollars yeah. and it actually takes less time to do this than it would to follow up on cold, crappy leads from like APM or something. Right. It takes less time. So less time and the close rate is going to be way higher because they feel invested in your success and they're listening to you and you get to pitch. And these are people that aren't working with property managers. So I've heard you talk about, I've heard you talk about property management is bigger than toilets, tenants, and, and turmoil. And a good property management can change the world. This reminds me of the story when we were trying to get to the moon and they interview a janitor who works for NASA and they said, what's your job? And he says, I'm getting, I'm getting a man on the moon. I'm helping get a man on the moon, right? It's, it's that yeah, whole mindset, it. right? So for those listening that are beat down doing a daily grind, stuck in the daily thick of things, it's tough for us to see a much bigger picture. So, all right, let's end this on a great note. Tell us how mm -hmm. good property management changes the world, buddy. How, how are we yeah, soldiers? I really believe this. Ooh, I just got chills. Like I really believe good property management changes the world. I know like it's hard. Like I, I've heard, I hear all the stories. I know uh, my brother has a property management business. My dad had a property management business. He sold it to my brother eventually and exited. My wife had a property management business. Like, and I've heard stories. Like I have clients in, that I'm coaching and they're going through tough stuff when they come to us, like hard stuff. You know, sometimes it's like compounding. It's like the business and divorce and like all, like I've had people like with cancer, like there's like, we have tough stuff. Life, life can be tough. Good property management, I really believe can change the world because you get to have such an impact, like a real legitimate business solves a real problem, right? It's not snake oil. It solves a real problem in the marketplace. And here's why good property management changes the world. You solve the three largest problems, if you're a property manager, that exist in real estate investing. The three most complained about things probably on the planet, maybe, could be landlords, tenants, and rentals, right? These are three of the most challenging and complained about things. I st I've started doing TikToks and I'm like, the number one mistake people make with a rental property is not hiring a property manager. And the comments I get are hilarious because they're like the number one, one of them said the number one mistake is them not offing themselves with a gun or something like this. <laughs> oh, like this is like, this is the, like, this is people's mentality. They hate landlords and they hate tenants and they like, it just depends on which side. You are the magical people, listen to this, that run a property management business. You make all three of these better. You make owners behave better. They're, you make them better landlords. Mm -hmm. They're less crappy. You make tenants behave better. You make them pay rent. You make sure they show up. Like you make sure all these show up better. You make rental properties better. And there's a lot of rental properties out there. And there's a lot of families that are renters. And there's a lot of families that have rental properties that own them. And so this is a huge ripple effect that you get to have as a property manager. So don't sit there and think you're not really having an impact. If you have a hundred doors, that could be a hundred families that you're impacting that are renting from you, that you can make their life less stressful. You can make their life work a little bit better. You can make them step up and be a more reputable, solid human being, right? You can, you have an impact on them or you can, if you want to, you also are impacting, you know, say you have a hundred units, you're probably impacting at least maybe 60 different owners. 
and their financial situation and their families and their ability to provide and do things for their kids and their future, right? And then there's the community at large, right? Like you're helping to maintain these properties and keep them up and make sure that the owners are doing what they should be doing to take care, take care of things. I mean, this has a big impact and I get like excited and this is why I do what I do and why I love serving property managers is because for us and our team, we know that we get to have a massive ripple effect. I can work with one owner and impact 1300 units, right? And, and all the impact that they get to have. And if I can make their business healthy, the ripple effect is immense. I feel like, like it's significant and that's inspiring and excited to me. And this is the change that I want to see in the industry. I really believe there's so many properties that should be managed by a property manager right now that are not. There's a lot of people in difficult circumstances, situations they shouldn't have to deal with because they should have a better landlord that shows up better. There's a lot of owners that are making a lot of mistakes that they don't realize they're charging too little rent. They're not able to like take care of things. There's a lot of problems and all you need to do is be aware of somebody's problems and you then can solve them. That's the glory of having an amazing business. So that's how I believe. And there's a ripple effect beyond that. Like if families are healthier and happier, there's less domestic violence. There's probably more pets thanks to property managers and properties. So more families are exposed to, you know, uh, nature and having animals in their life and kids are growing up with pets and there's less stress. And there's, I mean, we could go crazy and extrapolate to the nth degree, but yep. I really believe good property management has a massive ripple effect and can change the world. So for you guys listening that are property managers, own property management firms, just think if you're like the superhero for the common people, not all heroes wear capes, right? right they're Jason? the superhero of <laughs> the entire rental industry. Yeah. They are the superheroes. I get it. Yeah. I get it. All right, man. We got to come to a commercial break and I want to come back for the, the lightning round. All right. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back, everybody, for the lightning round. Jay, get ready for the lightning round. Create the best moving experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part, VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. 
Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program, starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bed bugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. All right, everybody, welcome back. And here we go. The lightning round. We ask you a series of questions. You can one word, quick answers, but if you want to expand on it, just go ahead and do it. All right, ready? All right, let's what, go. What was your first job? Oh my gosh, my first job, folding flyers for a cent a fold for my mom, who was a real estate agent. That was my very first job. And then she would have How this neighborhoods. How old were oh, you? Oh man, I was young. I as young as I could fold papers. I don't know. She would walk <laughs> me, take me to open houses, and I was little. That's yeah. awesome. What is your ideal vacation? Ooh, my ideal vacation. So my wife, Sarah, and I are, are different. Her ideal vacation is probably some sort of ridiculous, adventurous thing like us jumping on a bungee thing or something and scaring the crap out of myself, right? Adrenaline junkie. But for me, I love just relaxing and being able to like read and enjoy good food because I'm so go, go, go in the business. So that's really ideal are you, vacation. Are you a beach guy? We do love the beach, love man. The beach. We took All a right. lot of trips to Mexico during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is something that most people don't know about you? Ooh, I don't know. There's a lot of weird things about me. I'm kind of a strange guy. So uh, I don't know, a couple of things. One, if you were able to see my keyboard, I actually pop all my keys off of every keyboard and I rearrange them in a different format. It's called Dvorak. Okay. Or Dorshak, depending on how you pronounce it. But so it's more efficient. So if world speed records were set on Dvorak, so that's something super strange and unique about me. So my, I just oh, got I a new can. MacBook. I did brain surgery on it. I pop every key off very carefully and I rearrange them. And then I change in the settings to Dvorak. Oh my goodness. All right. Does pineapple belong on pizza? I like pineapple. So cooked pineapple, raw pineapple, both good. So right. I'll eat it. What is one piece of advice you'd give someone just starting out in the PM business? And I, I think you kind of beat this one to death, but just give us a quick, a, a quick answer to this one. Um, uh, all right. I mean, I'm going to say talk to Dorgrow because if you're just starting out, we can help you. If you're seasoned and you're struggling, we can definitely help you. And if you have a big company and you want to start to squeeze more margin out, then we can definitely help you. So that would be the best feedback because we'll steer you clear of all the BS all the time wasting and we'll help you collapse time and help you win. We, we legitimately as a team, we want to see you win. It's our mission is to transform property management business owners and their businesses. And if you're not yet the person that if you don't have the business of your dreams, one of my mentors told me, he said, Jason, if you don't have the business of your dreams, it's because you're not yet the person that can run it yet. That's my goal. I want to turn you into the person that can have the business of your dreams. Cause as soon as I do, you'll have it, you'll create it. What Disney character do you most associate with? Disney character. Oh man. Man, I don't know. What Disney character? Uh you know it's funny. That's one of the I'm hardest... not like a huge Disney fan lately with all their garbage politically, but if I were to pick a Disney character, I don't know. I think I've got the hustle of Aladdin, but maybe more ethics. 
<laughs> since he was stealing and stuff, right? Like, so, but I liked his drive, you know? All right. What is one challenge you are facing in your business? Ooh, yeah. You know, our current challenge, we spent the whole last year not focusing on sales. Like we really weren't like bringing people into the, into our mastermind, our program. It wasn't our focus. We were just focused on building out, making our program amazing. So we added tools, we added software. We had a lot of stuff. Like we have some really cool new stuff like door grow flow, the best process software out there. We've had all sorts of systems that we added. So now our expenses are high, which isn't normal for us. And so now we need to get more clients on. So that's our focus right now is lead generation and getting more clients on. And so this whole year, my focus is on lead generation and growth. I got, right? I got a solution for you. SEO, internet marketing. You should try it out. <laughs> <laughs> we right. already do that stuff. What we do you prefer? Do dogs or cats? Ooh, definitely dogs. dogs I'm allergic right. to cats. Not a fan of cats at all, really. All right. So but all I right. love dogs. All right, Jason, if someone's listening to this podcast and they like, man, I really want to go talk to Jason Hull. How to get in touch with you? Cool. Uh, so I have the same handle on all social media. It's X, Twitter, whatever you call it now. It's, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you use, Snapchat. I'm on everything as King Jason Hull, H-U-L-L. So just send me a DM on any social platform and we'll, we'll be buddies. Awesome. So. And the website? Doorgrow.com. Doorgrow.com. If you are interested in joining NARPM, if you listen to this and you're not a NARPM member, why are you not a NARPM member? Join NARPM, go to narpm.org, narpm.org, or give a, give a call to the good people out there, 800-782-3452. That's 800-782-3452. And if you want to lower your expenses, Jason was talking about this earlier, one of the best ways is to hire virtual assistants. And one of the easiest ways to find them is go to vpmsolutions.com. We have over 30,000 people looking to work in the real estate, property management, and housing industry. That's vpmsolutions.com. Or you can email me directly at pete at vpmsolutions.com. Jason, thanks so much. You did a fantastic job. Appreciate you being on the podcast. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.